0: Hey buddies, welcome once again to the Frank Observer Podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento, California-based filmmaking group headed by yours truly. And um, on the output of my side of the lens, um, got Lady Hyde out there, Um, still waiting to see when they play it as of... uh, the first week here of November, got it out again to Amazon Prime, got it on Tubi, got it on Mo, Momitu M-O-M-E-T-U, and then uh, the fourth Nuclear Home Video, um, that's supposed to launch November 15th, so yeah, it's on those four, Lady Hyde, so keep writing uh, those four, and uh, hopefully they'll add it soon, I'm thinking November, that's why fingers crossed, but, yeah, they've had it for the last month, month and a half. So we'll see when they add it. I don't know. I have no control over that. It's it's in their hands now. So, But there's that. Uh, and then Emmanuel in Sin City. Right now I'm working on some of the sound elements on that. Doing some ADR and uh, getting it sounding great. Been working on that really well. And I'm thinking that's going to be out in December, maybe January, if I want to have a, a new film for the top of the year or have one at the end of the year. I don't know. I'll see how it lays with the uh releasing and everything. And uh thirdly, uh I am working on. I just finished uh actually earlier earlier this afternoon uh the script for film 16 from Des revisions productions and me. Uh I'm not going to say what the title is yet. You'll learn about it when it's out, but um I will say it's a vampire film and it's a female vampire film, so that's what it's about, and uh, yeah, so that'll be film 16, and that should be out hopefully summer or uh, definitely by the end of next year, so yeah, so there we go. We got those three going out, so yep, Desperate Visions, Desperate Visions Productions going strong. Um, it's funny, as I talk a lot, uh, two days ago, I wrestled uh, for practice, and I uh, busted open my bottom lip. I've always had a bad bottom lip. Um I busted open a lot when I was a kid and when I got stitches on my lip, my top lip and bottom lip was always cut and then it healed. It never fully healed. So when it's cold or when it's really dry, uh I have to always like put uh like chapstick or Carmex type junk on there and uh yeah it gets busted open pretty easily. Almost like an old wrestler where they have scar tissue on their head. It's like the scar tissue on my lip, I guess. So yeah. So so, uh, it's a little bit tore as I speak right now, so I notice that as I'm uh pronouncing words so okay, so that's where this humble narrator is speaking so well, you've come here to listen to me talk about Jess Franco and to learn about Jess Franco's Mansion of the Living Dead. Not Night of the Living Dead or Erotic Nights of the Living Dead or Hell of the Living Dead or X amount of X of the Living Dead. It's funny, of the Living Dead, I'm curious. I kind of want to do a little compilation list now of films that used of the Living Dead. But for this, uh, episode 113, now coming up on about two years actually as I record this, so Happy anniversary. Happy two-year anniversary. Uh, So, yeah, this is uh, episode 113, film 113, my magic number. Jess Franco's Mansion of the Living Dead. Um, I watched this on the Severin Blu-ray that was recently released. Uh, Very beautiful print. Good job, Severin, on this release. Uh, Good job on all the releases, but... Yeah, this looked very, very clean, uh, very good, very nice print. So I was very happy with that. Spanish with optional English subtitles ran 93 minutes. And, uh, yeah, I highly, I highly recommend this disc f- for the um, for the uh, restoration job. Uh, of course, we get the information from Flowers of Perversion by Stephen Thrower. That's the uh, Delirious Cinema of Just Franco, Volume 2. All right. Mansion of the Living Dead. English language DVD cover title. Spain, 1982. This is the 1982 period where he's cranking out like like 12 or 14 films, something like that. Uh, the original theatrical title in Country of Origin, La Mansion de los Moretos Viventes. Uh, the alternative titles, German DVD is... Uh, the Castle of Horse-Riding Corpses. Well, there's no horse-riding corpses in this, nor is there no- a mansion of the living dead. There's a monastery and a hotel. but So it's funny, at least if the German DVD is going to be misleading as well. So I guess they just uh, they should just be a little... It's almost two on the title, but yeah. So it's... Uh, das Schloss der Rettendenlechten. Re- 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 Le- Le- uh Then also we have a uh, German DVD cover, Mansion of the Living Dead. Okay. Uh, Die Residenz der Retenden Leichen. Uh, unconfirmed titles. Castle of the Living Dead. Production company on this. Uh, of course, this is from the Golden Films period, so it's Golden Films International out of Barcelona. Uh, Theatrical Distributors, Lauren Film, S.A. out of Spain. Uh, Timeline shooting date on this. He shot this circa September 1982. And we know during this period. So when he says circa September, basically this was September. He would shoot for a week, uh, do the editing and the dubbing for the other two weeks, and then the last week was either rest or begin the next film, and then do that for three more weeks, onward, 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 just, just like a machine. It's beautiful. They were giving him money to make the films. And he was doing them. Uh, budgets weren't very big, but they were still getting made. So that's what counts. That's my mantra as well. Uh, shooting date of course, uh, circa September 1982, and they got the legal number in November 11th of 82. Well, that's almost close to when I record this. Uh, then played Seville July 13th of 1983. So yeah, it didn't play till, uh almost a year later, uh, about 10 months. Wow. Uh, then played Barcelona September 21st of 83. And then played Madrid May 14th of 84. Theatrical running time reported 97 minutes. Of course, mine is 93. Here it says it's 92.47. 92 minutes, 47 seconds. Uh, of course, writer-director. We all know who that is. Jess Franco. Director of Photography, Jess Franco. Although he's billed here as Joan Moral, So yeah, like that he gives himself the female name every once in a while as well. Add to his alias list. He's used this alias before though. Uh, music, Daniel White. But he's billed as Pablo Villa. And, uncredited, Jess Franco. Uh music recording in Dolby. Uh from Madrid. Okay, uncredited camera operator Jess Franco. Production manager Antonio Mayans. Editor Jess Franco. And producers of course Golden Films is Stella Laraga and Emilio Laraga. So of course we have Jess Franco on this film as writer and director and the director of photography and the camera operator, which is the same thing, if you, you know. And they also doing music and editor. Yeah, so nice, writer, director, director of photography, music, uh, camera operator, and editor. So yeah, very nice. All right, uh, cast very minimal in this, like they are in this period. Usually under ten people. Uh, here we have Lena Romay, billed as Candy Coster. She plays the role of Candy. Uh, Antonio Mayans as Robert Foster plays the role of Carlos Savonarola, the hotel manager. Then we have a uh, newcomer here for Franco Films, I believe, Uh, Mari Carmen Nito as Marnie Kaplan. She plays Leah, the first victim. Then Mabel Escano plays Mabel, the second victim. Then one of my favorites, the beautiful and... uh, luring Elisa Vela as Jasmina Bell and she plays Katie the third victim then we have uh, Eva Leon Olivia the woman in captivity and finally Albino Graziani returns as Marlino the gardener uh, I'm going to kind of give away not go over the synopsis because um, we kind of go over that in the review later calling myself we go over not the film step by step but, but uh Kind of how it how it rolls and everything. So, all right, uh, I'm going to give you what Stephen Thor says here in his review of uh, Mansion of the Living Dead. Mansion of the Living Dead is an eerie horror film that takes the scantily clad girls in peril formula of Bloody Moon and drops it enjoyably, if somewhat jarringly, into a weird story of sex slavery and supernatural zombies, with a, with a passing thematic connection to the Blind Dead of Armand of Amando Dios Orio. Franco had expressed admiration for D'Asorio in 1976 when asked by an interviewer for Vampire magazine what he thought of contemporary Spanish horror. Franco says Today, the Spanish horror film is truly awful in the truest sense of the word. The Blind Dead films are something of an exception. They were filmed by Armando D'Asorio who I know very well, an intelligent man with great ideas, very good at tricks and masks. The masks of the Templars are his own work. He has probably never had the means to make a really interesting film. In any case, the Templar films are amazing. Among the rare Spanish horror films with beautiful settings, even if they're only partially perfect... Partially perfect seems the ideal way of describing Franco's best work, and Mansion is a case in point. Partially sinister and atmospheric, partially absurd and nonsensical. The blind-dead masks that Franco so admired and are here reduced to mere skulls or mints smeared with what looks like dirty shaving foam and yet the sinister religious sect in the film, not Templars but reminiscent of them, are thoroughly dreamlike and bizarre in a way that does indeed share a few horror beats with the Osorio movies. Mansion is not to everyone's taste, but if you're looking for a horror film with intriguing shifts in tone, this is a perfect example of Franco's tendency to take a sharp right or a sudden left, just as you think you know where he's going. On one level, Mansion of the Living Dead is about an undead Templar-style cult attacking sexy bathing beauties. On another level, like most of Franco's best work, it's about nothing tangible at all. Instead, it meanders and digresses and seduces your attention with bizarre non-sequitur eclipses and a faintly gothic, perversely peaceful ambiance. It starts off like a slasher movie, in which a giggling quartet of girls find themselves menaced by the creepy staff of a deserted hotel during a seaside holiday. There's sexual harassment, revealing thongs, and copious lesbian frolicking. A maniac tosses a meat cleaver at the sunbathing heroines from a hotel window. If this were an American horror film, we'd be on course for a loopy slasher plot featuring death by beach ball, murder by deck chair, and poisonous jellyfish dropped into bikinis. But Franco soon abandons the format, and what follows carries the hallmark of his best work, a slow-sliding mood of mystery and unease. All right, I'm going to kind of go over away from some of the other things here. Um... Mansion of the Living Dead is so strange you scarcely notice that the Living Dead are almost absent from most of the film. Okay, that's actually more of a review. I'm going to give off some of that stuff there. Um, because then it's just repetitious. Uh, let's see here. Um, here we go. Idiosyncrasies abound about elsewhere, too. For instance, in a hotel... Oh, actually, I won't do that. Yeah, in a hotel, a quarter-sex scene between Mabel and Antonio Mayans... If you've seen the film, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to give away that scene because it's quite funny. But uh, yeah, there's very interesting dialogue in this film. Um, Mansion of Living Dead leaves the American slasher leaves the American slasher genre definitively behind. when it's revealed that Carlo, the hotel manager, keeps a female sex slave nude except for black stockings, chained to the wall in one of the rooms, the sudden shock of this sado sexual plot development. A total non-sequitur, yet so very just Franco, lifts us away into something weirder and darker. Asked by her captor what she desires, the woman, called Olivia, responds with her quest for food, more stockings, and a chamber pot. You're more like an animal every day. You eat, you shit, sneers Carlo. Further dialogue contradicts our understanding of what's going on. We realize that the woman is in some kind of sadomasochistic relationship with her captor. Her demeanor is subservient, but accommodating too, without the hatred or raw fear of a true abductee. Can we be sure what's going on? Not really. We're simply confronted by this bizarre relationship with no indication on how it started or for how long a woman has been tied up. As for what on earth it has to do with the rest of the plot, well, your guess is as good as mine. It's rather as if we're taking a wrong turn in the empty hallways of the hotel and emerged in a neighboring Franco production, which makes the setting of Labyrinth Off-Season Hotel a good image for the entirety of Franco's cinema. I'll leave you like that, with a burning desire, trembling like a cat in heat, spits Carlo after screwing the woman for just a few seconds. It's a disturbing scene, comical yet vicious, and fraught with overtones of madness and perversion. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, one of Franco's most mood-altering movies. It's a foam caress from a seaside ghost, luxurious, ephemeral, transparent, which, when pulled apart, dissolves into air. All right. Music. uh, Refreshingly, Franco abstains from the same Daniel White compositions he's been drawing upon for the past two years. Instead, he concentrates on one piece of music used here for the first and last time. A marvelous waft of decaying ambiance made of heavily phased chorale, probably created on a mellotron. To this, Franco adds a sound which often resonates through his films, a sound to which I sometimes think they could not all be condensed, a perfect distillation of mood. ...in which the real merges with the fantastical... ...a keening, whistling wind... ...so haunting that it's hard to say... ...if it's real or synthetic. Locations. Uh, the hotel where the girls stay is called the Sun Club... ...Aguila Pala... Um, playa. ...and it's on the... Cal de los Pinos... ...in San Bartolomé de Trejana... ...on the island of Gran Canaria. The beach location is directly behind... ...or beside the hotel... The monastery is actually an ex-covenant near to Las Palmas Gran Canaria. Uh, let's see. Okay, we we'll get some of that connections here. Um, he actually picks up something that I caught too. That's interesting uh, about her name, uh, the character that uh, Lena plays, uh, Irene. Um, Give off some of that of that uh. Uh. It says meanwhile mansion of the living dead refers to the accursed Decalogue in other wo- words a book containing an alternative 10 commandments which came into the holy order's hands thanks to a ploy of their founder the passing reference suggests that once that our undead heretics have been corrupted by a malign occult text, a necronomicon, if you will. When Carlos addresses Candy at the Holy Order's chapel, his words suggest that this cheery blonde bimbo may in fact be an altogether different woman, a creature of mystery and immortal with supernatural powers. He says, I recognized your soul, your body, when I first saw you, your Irina, returning from the past to liberate me from my curse. So could Candy be the one? Could so could Candy be one of the reincarnations of the Countess Irina, at first encountered in 1973's *Lancetessa Noir? The face is the same, even if she's gained a few pounds. That's me. Uh, perhaps part of her malediction is to live many lives, from the exalted to the lowly. Sometimes a rich and powerful Mederian noblewoman, sometimes a poor stripper from the tower blocks of Munich. So. Alright, well that's what Stephen Thrower wrote, uh, or some of what he's written about the film. He's actually wrote a book. It's actually quite a bit more of text that he's written down there, but uh, I didn't go through all of it for this review. Because uh, I want you to watch the film and see what you think. So... Alright, so for this episode, Collie returns from Los Angeles on Zoom and joins me in the review of this film, Mansion of the Living Dead, film 113. Uh, If you dig the show, please consider donating. We have a donation button on the front page, either one time or reoccurring, your choice. Uh, Of course, download and subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, Stitcher. Amazon Music, we're on uh, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and any of your other favorite platforms. Uh, Tell a friend, if you dig the show and you like Franco or you want people to learn about Franco, uh, tell them about the episodes and the shows. We have 113 episodes now, which is about 112 uh, Franco films or 113 Franco films. Yeah, 113 Franco films that are covered now so far, so... Definitely, there's uh, a lot to listen to of uh, Franco content. So, yeah, check it out and tell people about it. Uh, So, about two years now that we've been doing this, uh, I've been doing this. So, um, yeah, so there's definitely a lot to listen to. won't get out of that listening early. So Uh, All right, so if you want to get a hold of us, you can write us an email. Of course, I'll always be there to answer it. You can reach me at... Uh, the email address of <clears throat> Franco Observer at yahoo.com. That's one word, Franco Observer at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under the Franco Observer podcast. Uh, and yeah, I just want to say thank you to fans that have been. Uh, oh, yeah, something too. I forgot a big announcement. Uh, we recently passed now. Over 10,000 downloads, so thank you very much for that. Uh, not sure if I answered that in the last, I think it just, I think it happened between the last recording and this recording. So yeah, we've passed 10,000 downloads, thank you very much, uh, over two years, so that's about 5,000 downloads a year. I don't know if it was, I think it's, we've gained more fans and downloads this second year compared to the first year so thank you very much for that. Now I know we're already <clears throat> coming upon 10,200 now already since the last couple of days, we've had a very busy top of the month. So that definitely helps. So yeah, it's uh, going to be a busy, uh, what is this November we're in now? So yeah, November should be another record breaking month. So thank you all again for digging the show and telling people about it. And, um, sharing in the love that I so express for Uncle Jess. Definitely through, I've mentioned before in past episodes, through uh, learning about Jess Franco myself and uh, researching them all and becoming obsessed and diving into the Franco universe, it has definitely improved my filmmaking um, in as much that I haven't changed my style as much, but... Things that I would naturally always do, I see he did as well, so uh it's in it's impact, simpatico with him of of uh doing things on a small scale and doing everything yourself and and as much as you can the editing the filming the writing the casting the budgets the control of all that stuff so and the final cut and all that stuff is so important, and then knocking out a film in a few weeks and writing and just being so obsessive with films and I mean, you know, this is only my 16th film. He he did shit 170 something films. So if I can knock out 20 or 30, um, then I would be happy. So, you know, I would definitely be, um, past my peers, whether content's better or not. That's one person's view, just like with Franco films, but hell man, I'd rather have 30 films, and then have somebody just do three or four and just be like stuck on these three or four films. I'd rather say, yeah, I did 30 films. Yeah. Maybe 10 are good and 20 are shit or whatever. I don't give a crap, but Hey, I did 30 films and they all were seen by lots of people and some like them, some don't and whatever. So I think that's awesome. So yeah, uncle Jess, you are my hero, my spirit animal. And, uh, yeah, follow, follow uncle Jess's teachings. So hopefully you can learn as well as I have through this podcast. So, that's all I want to say on that. So, yeah, hang out past the break and uh, you'll listen to Miss Akali from Los Angeles and myself talk about Jess Franco's Mansion, false advertising, Mansion of the Living Dead. So, buenas noches. Maha.
1: All right, we are back on episode 113, which is my favorite number, uh, film 113, Mansion of the Living Dead. Not Knights of the Living Dead, not erotic Knights of the Living Dead, but Mansion of the Living Dead. And um, I don't really have a funny line to mix with Collie's name with Living Dead or Mansion, so I'll just say uh, my guest (laughs) this week, uh, returning from Los Angeles, Miss Collie Sini. Hello, Collie, how are you today?
2: Hello, I'm good.
1: Very good, very good. Happy to hear that. um, so uh, you and I both watched separately, uh Mansion of the Living Dead. um this was the first time I saw this film. I'm still not quite sure what to think of it. What say you?
2: <laughs> I think it's really cool that you had us watch this on um I, 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 did you watch it yesterday or today?
1: I watched it today. I didn't watch it on All Saints Day, although I should have yeah,
2: yeah, it was I was it,
1: doing other stuff, yeah.
2: Because, yeah, it's got that moment where he says, you know what, today is, you know, All Saints Day. And I'm like, ah, it's All Saints Day. So that was really, I didn't catch, like, yeah, that was... That made me very happy. It felt very like Jess was with me, you know. Yeah, great cool. closer to Jess. Um, yeah, uh so I mean, I don't know. I think this is an adorable one. Um it's, you know, it's not one of like Franco's best films or something, but it's got a lot of the classic um, you know, like tropes, but it just also I'm sure you could tell why I liked this one, you know, because I'm always like kind of kidding about how my little fantasy is the whole, you know, to get locked away and, and Oh and, yeah. And yeah. And okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now now that I'm thinking about Lena I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I can totally see that. Or the other gal on the bed, yeah.
2: The other gal on the bed, yeah, 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 or yeah. She's like got the chain around her neck and she's got her, you know, like that he's just keeping her there and she's like, I love him and I hate him and, you know, and like she just lives like to exist for you know when he needs to come ravage her and it's funny not to jump ahead but yeah and it's funny because like
1: that's almost the whole thing she can leave when she wants and she has the chance to leave and even if you look at her neck the clasp is like right there she could just do that and get off the bed it's like i don't know i was kind of laughing about that you know
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're supposed to catch that, but, you know. It's
1: it's, like right there, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She's obviously, you know, making the choice to be like, you know, she's I mean, that's the whole thing. You know, you don't actually want to get by some weirdo. But, you know, like, you know, like she said, he's handsome and, you know, and she's all sprung on him. So she just wants to be whatever he wants her to be and all of that stuff. Yeah. I almost it's felt like-, like it's just one of those fantasies come to life. And essentially that that whole thing is, you know, like, I mean, it, it's all, you know, the male gaze times a billion. I mean, you know, it, it, it's like four girls go on vacation. Oh, well, oh, if they can't sleep with anybody else. They're going to sleep with each other. <laughs>
1: that's right. But no, um, but almost always felt too like on a sidebar, that thing about him and her being chained up and stuff. That's almost like his view on a relationships. She could leave anytime she wants to do her own thing, but she's like, well, I'm just kind of here and it is what it is. And and instead of leaving, she's like, well, I'm going to put on lipstick to like, because he hates it. So it's like she's almost living to like make his life miserable and vice versa, because he's doing so much shit to her, you know, chaining her up and not letting her eat for days and everything else, you know.
2: I mean, she's not living to make his life miserable. She's well aware that he's a sadist. And so if she does things to upset him, then that's going to give him an excuse to fuck with her more. Just like in Secretary at the very end when she puts the cockroach on the bed, you know, or whatever it was, like to kind of, she's inciting, giving him a reason to, you know, give her a spanking.
1: That's true. Uh, That could be, uh, yeah. Except this spanking is fucking. Rat poison and uh, insecticide, but yeah.
2: Well, at the end, yeah, <laughs> at the end, he's he definitely just done with her because I mean, yeah. after all, he's found Lena.
1: Exactly, and once you got Lena, I, li- I, lis-
2: <laughs> I listened to your uh, last week's um. Uh, podcast today or to, i mean the one that dropped today right right uh, uh and you were you know saying how like the every a kiss from lena or we know like you're being with lena is like the the viagra or whatever <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's you know that's kind of what this is is like oh well he gets lena so now he's cured essentially
1: yeah and she brings down his his whole thing It's says i know just one just that one kiss by her it's funny or whatever you know oh, yeah um, So, okay, let's go to to the beginning. So uh, the (laughs) film- Now that we've
2: gotten to the end. (laughs) Wrapped up everything.
1: (laughs) All right. So it uh, opens with a bunch of wind sound effects. Uh, You see like these six monks entering the area. Uh, And then it pans from like that monastery to a hotel. And then as you mentioned, we see Lena and three gals arriving by Jeep. It's almost like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre or like an old Dark House movie where- (laughs) instead of being stranded they show up to this place there's nobody there and they decide to go into the place and kind of live their thing and it was cool because the hotel was abandoned like in um, macumba sexual when her and him were in the hotel it was all abandoned there was nobody there they were swimming and stuff and the same with this film There's like nobody in the hotel and it was their own place and stuff so i thought that was another cool touch
2: yeah it's it's kind of makes you wonder like how did he do that like i kept kind of wondering like Because I mean, you know, it's not like he would afford, he would have the money to like get a whole seaside town to be empty and, and evacuated with no humans around. And yet he like, there is a whole hotel and a whole, everybody around they show outdoor scenes. They show them on the beach, you know, like that's just, you know, sunbathe nude because there's no one here. Yeah. And it's kind of rad that he was able to find that location. Yeah.
1: He probably found a couple of days and then he probably got a couple quick shots of the hotel. And then later on, people might've been on the balcony and stuff, but he might've got some times when there was nobody around to shoot and then move on then you have those those shots but yeah but all the other stuff you know because a lot of it took place in the bedrooms the hallway and certain areas of the hotel so he might have had access to certain areas that were plus it was probably not vacation time and it was a little area and people were doing their thing or something you know
2: right off season and totally, weird totally. hours and yeah, yeah game it
1: so we have that nobody the hotel um and then um so we have Lena and three of the women, and one of the yeah, women. Yeah, it's not
2: really a mansion, though. We should we should point that yeah, out. Mansion of the Living Dead is actually a hotel of the Living Dead, which is yeah, it should so be weird. like monastery
1: of the Living Dead, or yeah, actually, Hotel of the Living Dead is a cool fucking title. And I don't know why they didn't
2: do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's that mansion is pretty great though as well. I can see that. Right,
1: it makes sense, but it I mean it does make sense. It makes sense. For Whatever the, title, the Spanish
2: words are, might be more interesting.
1: El mansion. Uh-huh. Um,
2: <laughs> so, sure.
1: so one of the four gals I'm with Lena it. is mm-hmm. uh, um, one of the four gals with Lena is uh, um, Alyssa Vella. she plays Katie and she's like in my top 15, uh, Jess Franco Babes, not oh, top yeah. 10, but definitely top 15. Uh, she's in Cries of Pleasure, she plays the maid in that.
2: Oh, with her oh and okay. Lena. So she's, she's during the same she's period, she's the brunette, the slim brunette,
1: yeah, the real tall brunette. Uh, with the dark skin, yeah. Kinda. yeah yeah spanish gal uh she's also in uh intimate confessions of an exhibitionist and then the next or one of the one of the movies coming up uh, uh fury of the tropics so she's in four uh just franco films which i always enjoy seeing i'm like oh shit that's her i didn't know she was in this movie. cool you know yeah so nice. yeah yeah she's 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 really awesome in this and she gets to do a scene with lena again which was like very cool um because her and lena pair up really well together and they always have that chemistry in that um so uh we have uh another line i noticed every film during this period there's a peeing reference of somebody saying i gotta go pee or hey i gotta pee or actually peeing in this case lena so at nine minutes seven seconds lena goes i gotta pee and she runs off and i counted like five or six films now in a row where there's a line about i gotta pee in the film weird Um, yeah, it's weird. It's like <laughs> it's that's why I kept noticing. Yeah, <laughs> Antonio Banderas says it, then she says it, another girl says it. So I was like, every movie, there's like a scene where somebody has to leave to go pee. So,
2: I mean, that sounds like period. my life. It's like all I ever do. Yeah. Did you ever see that show, Baskets? And there's that really deadpan chick, and they asked her one time, like, how many times do you go to the bathroom a, a day? And she was like, like, like twenty, and she was like, kind of like twenty, thirty, like, yeah. A lot. And she's just like playing about it. It's like, I'm so nice. felt that. Wow. As a woman, that's what you feel like. Like, you're just always going to pee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, that's, yeah a I, that's a little, big yeah. Uh, yeah. rant. But I mean, I do pee. Like, I swear to God, it's like all I do. Yeah. I mean, everybody
1: does it, but it's funny. Like, the, this film, it's like, okay, I almost want to make that one of the Franco lists, like it, during this period, yeah. talk about they have to go pee, you know,
2: your Franco list is getting so hilarious. I, I know. love that you've added kink to it. I'm like, really? We should have that, that going from the beginning. Well, <laughs> I had that
1: in the beginning, but then I felt bad because it's like, I almost was pointing things out as kinks when I felt like they should be just a normal thing and it shouldn't be a kink, you know, but then I was like, well, you know, <laughs> like so, I'm
2: trying not to kink shame.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, just, it's not a kink. It's a natural thing, but then certain things were being really excessive. So like, okay. You know, washing yeah. an ass or smelling a foot or come on, you know,
2: Oh, yeah. I totally kink shame. I'm all about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I so- will
2: definitely judge your kink. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh so another, uh, one other thing I list at, uh, 10 minutes, four seconds, you get the first nudity from guess who Lena, when she takes off her top to go pee, Yeah,
2: because yeah, you know, when you go there. pee,
1: it's always going to take your top off, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> what if the pee comes on your boob somehow? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, if you have a penis, you should be okay. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so, uh, and she starts making out with the little sh- uh, short haired gal that uh, Lena's paired off with. And those two are cute too, because they were a couple. And then the other two gals, Mabel and Katie, were a couple.
2: Yeah, they uh, have a hot little sex scene. I love when she's like, as she's coming, she's like, this is going to be a wonderful vacation or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that was, uh, see, I have that written down. Yeah, both sets of girls are all, I have uh, both sets of girls are always going around topless and kissing each other. Like, that's their whole thing, this first, like, you know totally every so. guy's
2: like pillow fight, sleepover party kind of like vibe. It's that yeah, you know yeah. horror movie vibe, Good and, stuff. Then,
1: and then of course, to make us feel like what we're watching, we see a character introduced that's the gardener type character, and he's like peeping on him uh during the uh during the sunbathing thing. During, yeah, when we talk about later when they go sunbathing, we have the old man that uh that uh, watches the four women who we first see introduced as a like a gardener or some kind of a guy hanging out. You kind of don't know who he is. Later on yeah. in the film, you find out who he is. You know,
2: He's but, essentially a peeping Tom the whole damn way through. I mean, exactly. He, <laughs> it's just constantly peeping tomming. Gotta love it.
1: Which, in all, all these films, they have that reoccurring character too of the peeping Tom that's always showing up, watching, and laughing and stuff. You know? Yeah, it, on, it, well. I mean,
2: it's essentially Jess. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, he is. The whole boy. <laughs> It's his entire stick. Um, Creating the stuff he wants to peep in on.
1: The one scene I thought was really hot was uh, Lena when she went down on Leah. They were talking about during that time. They switched back and forth. I thought that was like a really good oh scene, Lena's right? magic
2: tongue in full effect. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Her and that first gal at about uh, twenty one minutes in. So I was laughing. Yeah, that like, was
2: that was the scene. Like it, that was the hottest for sure. Totally, you, totally. yeah.
1: And that was about 21 minutes. I'm like, okay, so there's about 21 minutes went by and really not much has happened. Just they kind of went in and they fucking danced around a little bit. The only thing that happened was an unseen arm, which we learn who it is later, throws like a fucking machete or a butcher knife or a blade down the sand by when they were Sunday. Can we
2: just talk about for a second like that? I I I mean that that machete like really did come down hard and strong right between two girls laying on the beach, like and they didn't neither of them even like really kind of I mean looked scared or they they acted quite like chill like laissez faire whatever and then the you know comes down then they're they're scared but even then not scared enough but like I don't know I I just kept thinking like. That I mean, really, if I was laying like on a beach, and even if somebody was right above me about to like throw that, which that's I, what the effect like, I was. wouldn't even have let them. Like that was really close. That was really scary because I mean it, that was like a real butcher knife like a yeah. strong sharp like that would that wasn't a fake one like i i looked back on it it was like that wasn't a fake one that's a real knife they threw between those girls at a very close distance and you know i mean you can slip doing that like i mean like that i don't know i was freaked out by them i was like oh my god like Lena's arm could have just come off right there like because of a you know mishap in filming kind of thing like that was that was pretty badass to do that just well
1: especially being up, real especially being up that far and throwing it all the way down and landing right between them, that was really hard, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I mean, obviously that was a a cut shot, and then he's standing maybe six feet above him and throwing it into the sand. I mean, you know,
2: yeah. I mean, I it's don't just know. the
1: magic of movies, but yeah. I mean, he didn't really he throw was... it way up there.
2: <laughs> no, no, I know it wasn't really right, way right. up there, but even if it was somebody right above me, like if right, it which it somebody, was, yeah, even, even like three feet away, still don't be throwing a like butcher knife. Like down uh, out toward my body from three feet, because I mean, you really never know where something's exactly gonna fall. You know, I mean, and it just a slight like shift of your wrist could have, you know, oops, sorry, you know, you're dead. <laughs> like I don't know.
1: Well, it's back <laughs> in the eighties when people were tough and and did that shit. And, yeah, that's what and I'm saying. Like it. that
2: was brave. <laughs> that was like, you know, like when people do that like knife thing with their fingers. You know, it's like that kind of shit. Like, nope, I would, I would definitely pass. Yeah. And also, I don't want to get too um well i don't know gala avery or whatever but like uh, she was saying (laughs) like she comes up with some conspiracy theory every time and um i i I, like got all kind of when i first saw that with i i mean i've watched this movie three times now and i had never kind of thought of this but i don't know i was like thinking about how um fascists do a thing called snowstorming where like they throw uh, a bunch of like hate filled leaflets down from like from high buildings um, and to terrorize uh, people and keep them under control. And, uh, the year before in Spain, there was a big coup and there was a whole bunch of like fascists trying to take over um, and it it failed. But it, I mean, it got really close. It was like super close to like to destroying the government there and everything. Kind of like what just happened here. Um, and it, I kind of kept wondering if that was like. Some sort of nod from Jess, like some kind of like a, a metaphor for um like the like, you know, the things being thrown down from the high build, like it's just such a random mm. kind of thing to happen um and then just to, that would be like a way to terrorize and to take power over and to like make you feel like a fear and where is this coming from you know where because that's the whole point to doing to these snowstorms that the fascists do when they'd drop all the leaflets they called them snowstorms and it was because it just like you know by the time that you went to look where the who who had done it they right, were gone Scott, yeah but it's everywhere you've just kind of been like shot at pretty much and you know you're you're like who did this and there's this like power and this fear that comes from that and that might have inspired you know they might have been doing that in spain like because that's a thing that fascists do so like maybe they were doing that and and that might have inspired maybe i'm being totally just conspiracy theory here but it was just a thought that well, i wanted to throw out I, there i, I thought I, it was worth. i can see uh, a
1: <laughs> a string between the two considering that the witches or inquisitors or uh devil worshipers in this film are kind of a unseen government that rules all yeah
2: exactly and so i mean like there, that, the, the whole theme of, of that they Canada. yeah that they want to oppress these you know these these women who are you know right. running and, around and saying we're going to sunbathe naked and you know and and then you know there's these the, the...
1: even though they're punishing them for being sinful but they rape them and and do the same things to them and then kill them so it's just like the old religion of government so yeah that's probably his yeah that.
2: yeah nobody expects the spanish inquisition
1: yeah exactly um so uh um, we have uh um, leah goes out for a walk and cut kind out of a oasis of the dead field when she was kind of walking around she first finds a monastery the first gal that disappears and then uh Mabel wanders in the hallway and meets Antonio Mayans and she uh like goes through this hallway totally nude except for this like open robe shirt and she's like all scared of him and then she talks to him and they make out a little bit and then they decide to to uh hook up later. But that scene was pretty funny. Antonio Mayans kind of looks like um, um Antonio Banderas every time I see him and now in these series of films, especially when he dyed his hair blonde, he kind of looked like Banderas a little bit.
2: So I used to say that and you didn't really see it at first no. now, now when he's like,
1: younger now he's getting now older I can't yeah, help
2: so. it I love it yeah. <laughs> I have that. like tried to train myself to like not think of Banderas and to think of him as his own unique person so I love that now you're like only seeing Banderas it's like we reversed
1: Yeah it's funny I'm like oh yeah there he is there's <laughs> there's uh his Banderas period mm-hmm. Uh so we have um oh yeah so we talked a little bit Mayans um, keeps a short haired blonde woman chained up in a room in a hotel, and uh, he tells her it's the best room in the hotel, but the bed has <laughs> but the bed has no headboard. So that's one thing I, I don't know. If it's the best room in the house, but
2: you're right, like clearly it didn't seem that plush to me for the best room in the whole hotel, like nice hotel. Yeah. But I mean, they don't really like seem to, you know, praise it or anything. Like they were when, when they come in first see Lena, they're like, you know, Oh, what, you know, how's your Lena's like, how's your room? They're like, it's terrible. Like, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> not like, like
2: excited to be there.
1: No, but, it's yeah. really basic.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's so cruel how he, he, he delivers a fresh tray of food for her every day, but it's just out of her reach. And, I like the how like there's that scene where she's trying to reach it, and you can tell that she clearly could actually reach it with. I was her. thinking
1: the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, just put your foot, but then she kind of does yeah, the like. Rule
2: you want to tell her, rule, like, you totally can way. do this. You got this. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> funny, funny. But yeah. but yeah, but I mean, it's the, it's the notion of that. You know, he's just torturing her with, oh, here's all this good food you could have, and then he's like, all you think about is food. You know, <laughs> she's like, I haven't eaten in four days.
1: See, (laughs) to me, that scene is total kink. Like, that's a kink scene to me if I was to – because it's the whole – it's within your reach. You can't have it, the thing, the torture and all this stuff. And that's total desaude and the chained beautiful woman and the red and just all these symbols in that scene is totally like a lot of just cliches. The tray with the food and really elegance and depravity and the whole mix of everything.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's great that, you know, like, he does go and give it to her, though, because it's funny, like, I've, I don't know, I've met, like, sadists and stuff, and there's someone that just want to hurt you, and it's, like, the weirdest thing. Like, I don't get that, but, like, there is that awesome dynamic of the whole being locked in the room, and, you know, they tease you, they take away everything and all that, but then, like, at some point, they come and, you know what is she, she uses like the best terms for it whenever she describes it, you know, like he ravishes me and all that. And, right. you know, it's like she, she, he has to take me and, you know, and, and they, when the sh- the shots, when he, they show where he's like, you know, taking her, you know, it's like kind of like really aggressive and really violent. And he's just like, yeah, you know, he's like, a he's like an animal coming after her. And that's like, you know, that's when it's all worth it. It's like, you know, like if you withhold, 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 but then you, you know, you, you give the thing, that's like ultimate ecstasy. And then that's, you know, but that's not like pure, that's like the, it's not pure sadism or whatever. It's like, you know, where you're, you're, you're giving, you know, right, but like, right, it's the then we, so it's like a, you know, that, that is like a way to like, st- what is the edging or whatever, I guess, which right, is edging to the point, to hate, but, to,
1: Right, right. <laughs> but, but no,
2: in that sense, I guess it that's what I, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is very ravishing because this is one of the ones where he keeps his pants on and he just pulls his dong out through his zipper and just fucks her like that with his Full pants. Well, yeah, he doesn't
2: even—he doesn't even like have time to take his his pants off because he gets so like he just has to have it right then. He just that yeah, that kind of of like passion, you know. That's like where you know, he, and you can tell it's because he's withheld himself as well. You know, like yeah. they're both holding from each other, and then finally they just let loose and they're like crazy animals, and then then they go back to the waiting game.
1: And then uh just be brief here. Uh, Lyons leads Mabel to the monastery. She gets killed. Uh, we find out that the old gardener guy is leading the Templar, evil Templar people. <laughs> and then, and then we get Lena back with Katie. They're the last two. And we see Lena's magic tongue on display. Lena does a uh, magic tongue on her boobs. And I was like, all right, because I was waiting for a while. Like, there's a the magic tongue. Okay, there's the list. <laughs> right so, um, and then Lena finds the captive woman, which we talked about. And, um, that that scene with Lena and the woman, I thought was really good. Like it was a good dialogue scene, and the woman gives all the information for us as a viewer. We learn about the island was controlled by the by the by the monastery or the monks or whatever, and they had the thing, and they were burned, and everybody was there, and mm-hmm. the whole, the whole the whole backstory. Um, so that was like an important scene to like kind of fill you in on what you have kind of been watching for the last hour. Didn't know what the fuck was going on sometimes. Um, and she can leave, but she doesn't want to, which we talked about. And um, Antonio Mayans mentions that they're souls in Satan's service, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and then what was cool is so like they were burned by somebody named um, Irina at the stake. And he says, Lena is a split image or reincarnation of Irina. And Lena's. He Lina's recognized
2: na- her as soon as he saw her.
1: And Lena's name in female vampire is Irina.
2: Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. catch that. That's great. Um,
1: Irina carlstein but here she's but yeah so he says uh irena i was like oh shit that's fucking cool so I, yeah i just i realized that when i watched that so
2: nice yeah i'm sure that's intentional Irina's is not exactly a common name
1: right right that's one of the names i think he's used a few times um but, but
2: thought, yeah so she was the 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 vampire and so she has been reincarnated to save the whole monastery
1: yeah to kind of give him the kiss say well if you if well, you Franco Lore. Yeah, and then Lena <laughs> yeah. is so strong that it was funny. So I like the scene when Lena is dazed, and I'm going to use that as my review of the film. That scene where Lena's kind of standing against the door, and he films her kind of just her eyes are all big before she strangles uh, Katie, where she's kind wow. of uh, hypnotized, where she goes monastery oh, yeah, at the yeah. end, and she's kind of like laying there, and her eyes are all big. Which I don't know. As I was watching that, I was like, you know what? I mean, I, of course we love Franco and stuff, but. Every film I watch Alina, I, I I really appreciate her as an actress, and she's always so different. And in this, just the way she acts and stuff, she's very similar to other parts, but there's parts of this where she's always doing something new. And same with this, with her being hypnotized and a lot of that. I thought she did really good, and it was funny. But then when she started strangling her, she was like growling. Like, she
2: was
1: like, wow, <laughs> like, well, all right. It was pretty fucking cool. So I, don't know, I just always appreciate Alina more and more, the more films I see her in, you know?
2: Oh yeah. She's great in this one. I mean, even just that, I I keep thinking of that end shot where they're like kind of just on her eyes with the the hideous yellow wig. Yeah. Um, Like, but she just, her eyes are just always so, you know, they just say so much. They're just so loud. I don't know. Yeah. She's, she's a, she's, she's so magical. Yeah. She's a woman. She's so expressive. (laughs) i know yeah. she's
1: she's amazing okay well let's uh well we still got a little time let's go ahead and knock out the list real quick i'll be brief on it um
2: list
1: number one body of water yes uh we see the beginning uh number two sailboat there's no sailboats but there's a sail board like the sail surfing like a like a surfboard with a sail i don't know what those are called not boogie boards or i don't know what those are called oh, like a surfboard oh. with a sail
2: Wind, wind surfing, or wind surfing, wind surfing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's one scene where you see the like three wind surfers, uh, three boats. Yeah. We Do see every
2: time I go to the beach
1: around here. Yeah. I uh, know they're not this time of year. Um, well not this time of year, but, uh, yeah. So there's a boat. We see a boat on the, on the sand where the old man's peeping above it, uh, which is great because the boat washed ashore. Whenever a boat washes ashore in this film, it always shows that somebody's, lost their way and they've been there for a while and that's how that old guy is he's been on that island for a long time that's he maybe left everything away and that's his thing now he's he's there you know so it it fit really well with that mm-hmm. symbolism uh four palm yeah. trees yeah we got a lot of palm trees uh five jungle sound effects don't have jungle sound effects but we have a lot of wind and other sound effects uh number six a lot change. of wind
2: sound effects yeah they constantly are afraid of the wind and do you hear the wind so what of it it's pretty scary you know yeah they 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 the wind has played well. It made me think of that movie, The Wind.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The wind's an actual character in the film. It means something, and it's 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 something that's important. Uh, number six, chained up person. Yeah, most definitely. There's a uh, chained up person. So that's totally.
2: I thought that would make you so happy. I know. Oh, there she is. <laughs> that's a total... chained up woman. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number uh, seven, dance scenes on stage, stripping. No, not in this one. Uh, club scenes, dancing in a bar. No, nothing like that. Nine jazz music. No, not really jazz music. They had more like uh I don't know what kind of music that was in this one. It was more like uh, classical or monastery music or just chanting yeah, or it was, kind of
2: spooky. Yeah, it
1: wasn't it was very it's very minimal, kind of it's really good.
2: Definitely. It's kind of a horror film, pretty much.
1: Yeah, that made sense. Uh number ten and eleven, uh, excessive zooms or out of focus shots. I didn't I didn't think so. There was some zooms out of things, but
2: yeah, but I mean, he zooms it, crazy. but not excessively. Yeah, not, not just Franco excessively.
1: <laughs> totally. Uh, number twelve, mirror shots. No, not really. Uh, number thirteen, mind control theme. Yeah, I think mind control themes. Sure. They're all everybody's controlled by them. Uh, Fourteen, magic tongue. Yeah, I mean, they
2: don't even. They can't even see his real face.
1: Exactly. Yeah, good call. Um, uh, number. Th- Fourteen, uh magic tongue scenes. Yeah, I mentioned Lena with Katie. You see her magic tongue around her nipples and she sticks it all the way out a few times in that sequence, so it was good. Uh number what we got, uh fifteen, red light, no. Uh sixteen, sheepskin, no masturbation with a letter C item. No, there's really no masturbation in the scene. All the, everybody's getting down with each other. Nobody's really proud
2: of you for clocking it in the last film though. That was happy yeah. to that. <laughs> Oh, he got his cucumber.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. The little cucumber she opens it up. It was like, awesome. Uh, number 17, mad scientist and servant. Not really, but there's like the monks. Well, actually their servant could be mine. Well, no, he's, he's one of the monks too, or Templar. So yeah, I said, no 18 fish tank shots. No 19 talking parrots. No, 20 in credits. Yes, yeah, it's Finn uh, 21 handwritten notes. Now here's one that I caught every time when the mm-hmm. Templars were getting ready to rape the women and stuff, they kept sh- panning to this, like a triangle with some kind of letters. that looked like they might've done that themselves, like drew something <laughs> and just kept sh- pointing it. Like it was an important thing. I was like, cause I kept looking at that going, I think that looks like that was just made for the movie, you know, so, <laughs> I'm going to add that for that one. Okay. Uh, Number 22, spiral staircase. There wasn't a spiral staircase, but there was a staircase going to the monastery where you see it go down and that way. So maybe a half point. Uh, 23, inept cops. No, there's really no cops or no authority on the island. Uh, 14, I'm sorry, uh, 24, belly chains. No, that's kind of out of the way now. We're in 1982, so belly chains are kind of passe. Uh, 25, kinks. Well, let's see. Uh, We talked about him and her with the
2: Ollie's favorite kink. Let's just call it that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) mine would be that the scene of him and her in the bedroom with the the torturing with the tray. That would be my favorite kink. What was your favorite kink?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he literally like talked her into killing herself, like so that he could be in love with another woman, so that like he could have his soul be freed or whatever. I mean, that's like the ultimate you know, expression of love is to kill yourself so that the other one can be happy.
1: Yeah. Um, like a Romeo right? Juliet.
2: I, well, I mean, that's beyond, I mean, so that, cause he's telling her, I want to be with this. Right. Thing. Right. And like, now I'm done like, with you. Flat You're out saying you should- I'm in love with her. Like, you know, and, and I can't be in love with her if, if I have this, this wretched you know if i'm tempted by you and all of your whorish ways you know <laughs> like he's just right. like kind of coming at her like you know you're just this like does you know despicable like i you know i'm ashamed of my my lust for you and and i need this to go away so i can have this pure love with this other woman you know like jeez you know i mean i think that
1: would be a good sound bite to maybe record that and yeah. if you want to break oh, up with somebody yeah. just play that over the phone
2: <laughs> yeah Oh I, I mean I was drinking my day of the dead wine while I was watching that my bath last night. And I totally ended up like rewinding and, and uh, po- like filming and posting that to Instagram. Like, oh, did excited. you also, I didn't
1: see that. It's so funny. Yeah. I was, was like perfect. that. Those
2: lines were just like, Oh my God. Amazing. Like, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, well. That whole shtick is just incredible. Yeah. yeah no, great. I mean, but can I just say like we totally kind of skipped over, like we were like, talking about the movie and then we just kind of glazed over didn't really do the end but i mean i know we're winding down the clock here we got five minutes left or whatever but um but like i mean how awesome was like i mean the other part i had to dork out and post up on ig was like the part where like all the um the skeleton dudes are like raping the chicks you know and like it's just so crazy like where it Kind of all the different se- like the faces and you know how she's you know knowing like it's just the thought of, I'm like what is the skeleton raping her with exactly it's like and she she's in pain and she's like oh no well this skeleton is like raping her but I kept thinking like does it have a boner like
1: <laughs> well it's just skeleton mask I mean, it was it was a man's body but yeah it was supposed to be skeletons I mean it's supposed to but it's a cheap fucking dice boner I got you all I know. Right i know where, where, big where?
2: Punchline. Yeah.
1: Uh, where? <laughs> i know you were working that for a joke i'm sorry
2: no i mean no, I, no, i wasn't really but then yeah like but it was kind of the thought though It was like what does he have like a bone there like what is it you know right. like, no, he, that's true. he's supposed to be a skeleton so it's like what are you raping her with but and, like yeah that whole that that i love the 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 voiceover during that is my absolute favorite though you know where like the the guy is saying you know like your sins, or for our cleansing, or whatever, you know, you you are the one who is is you know like I I hope I, we will not forgive you for your sins, you know, like even though we're the ones that are sinning upon you. Plus the light like, you coming from they're of the calling her a sinner while they rape her and telling her she's not going to be forgiven for being raped. Yeah. Like that's just like wow, just going full next level there, Jess. Okay, like you just don't, you know, you just how do you get worse than that? It's just so. Amazing. So,
1: so you tape that for uh, later use? <laughs> <laughs> Put
2: on the headphones. Yeah.
1: Time for Collie to go to work.
2: <laughs> no, I mean all that stuff is—it's so over the top. It's like you can't even, you know. I, I mean, that's just beyond. Yeah, you know? I'm not. Alrighty. I mean, I have a pretty healthy fantasy life, but I don't usually think about like you know the undead raping me and then judging me for it. I guess that's a little beyond even what i need in my yeah. cocktail of porn these well, let's, days
1: let's uh figure let's uh finish up this Jess franco drink <laughs> so we got uh number 27 fear or desire
2: oh that's a good one actually that's why i'm gonna, have to, gonna have to say no you know i think it's equal parts i think that you know jeff's being a cook here I mean, jess is being a cook you know he's shaking yeah. in some salt and some pepper there's definitely fear and desire, you know, because just like I said, it's not like he's just leaving her in that room, not feeding her and, you know, and torturing her. He's also coming in there to give her the goods and so are the skeletons and That's so true. is everyone. So, I, I mean, say it's
1: more desire, but there's equal fear from everybody else. But Yeah, I, say yeah, I mean, like there's like
2: constant threat yeah. of fear. You're in this hotel all by yourself you know, like I mean it, you're I mean how scary is that just right there like yeah. I mean I wouldn't be that brave. I'd be like, why is no one else here? Let's get the fuck out like I, I wouldn't just stay in a <laughs> right. hotel. We'll go wow
1: I already paid for it let's stay yeah, yeah. even That's if I paid ba- I, I, I
2: would have bounced in a heartbeat and that scene that whole scene was like especially once the knife got thrown down, I would have yeah. been like, okay, stay there's
1: nobody else there just fucking leave like yeah.
2: game over if a butcher knife gets thrown at me from a fucking hotel and I'm the only people there i'm going home see ya like i'm not going back to my room and licking some pussy <laughs> like, which is what they do <laughs> right
1: uh okay movie before, is the, bonkers. before the clock runs out uh 28 uh, acoustic guitar player no and finally 29 reading a book scene yes uh lena reads penthouse magazine and the girl the next to her reads another magazine when they're in bed together read it lena's reading the uh, penthouse
2: catch the nice catch nice catch yeah.
1: so i had to get that in so
2: penthouse
1: yeah which i thought was pretty awesome so so uh any uh i got the last minute here what's your final thoughts on mansion of the dead do you recommend it do you not recommend it what's your take on it
2: i recommend it if you are as fucked up as me
1: yeah i think it's fun uh there's not a lot of there's not a lot of action. There's not a lot of stuff going to it. It's a little bit of a slow film, but it's very cool. It's got a lot of interesting ideas to it. Um it's very minimal. It's a vibe. Yeah, there's probably less than ten actors in it, so that's always cool. So yeah, check it out.
2: It's a vibe. Take a bath, get drunk, watch it.
1: Yeah, the Severn Blu-ray is really nice. There's uh they upgraded it, just some extra features and all that good stuff. So Alright well thank you once again Miss Collie for joining me for episode mm. 113 and uh buenas noches maja
2: cheers to 113 all right